Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. I have Tom Pagano here. He's a business and technology executive with extensive experience in large-scale healthcare, government, and graduate-level education environments. Tom has been a chief information officer for over 20 years, predominantly in the healthcare sector, including Hospital Corporation of America as a global healthcare CIO. Currently, Tom is the chief information officer for Johnson County Community College in the Kansas City area. With more than 20,000 students enrolled in credit and non-credit classes each year, Johnson County Community College is one of the state's largest institutions of higher education. Good afternoon, Tom. Glad to have you on the show. Great to be here, Brian. Thank you. Well, Tom, I know you've been in healthcare uh, quite a number of years, and now that you've moved over to the educational institution, what major differences do you see in healthcare today and, and the educational institution, and any significant similarities? Well, it's interesting, Brian. I, um, you know, when I considered the move to higher education, I, uh, I uh, kind of looked at the industry and realized that, in in one way, there was some differences. But the more I started to talk to folks from the industry, started to pursue uh, employment opportunities, I realized that there's actually a lot more similarities than there are differences. I'll just kind of give a, a quick example. Uh, you can relate to this knowing your background with healthcare, but if you just step back from the industries and you kind of do a quick parallel, on the one hand, you have uh, your medical staff and physician experts in the, in the healthcare world, and in the higher ed space, you have the equivalent of that in the form of a professor, instruction, uh, or the like. And then at the same time, you have also your basic, your administration, which, you know, runs the hospital healthcare system or the higher educational system, whether that's a, a community college system, a single college, a university, uh, a research institution. Essentially, that, that, that administration function works the same. And lastly, you have your uh, regulatory functions, uh, because both industries are highly regulated and also your uh, financial component of that so that you've got, in the one case, an insurance company paying for your care or uh, tuition reimbursement or financial aid. So that all being said, the, the business models kind of function in a very similar way. And as you would expect as an IT professional, the technology always follows that business process or those business processes. So I really see a lot more similarity, and there are days that I, I come into work and I realize that uh, I almost feel like I'm, I'm in my old healthcare job. I didn't recognize or, or know there was that many similarities, but both being regulated to such an extent, I can totally see that. Another question I have for you, Tom, is what, what are your pain points within your enterprise, within the college there, that kind of keeps you awake at night? Uh, you know, we all have pain points. They kind of change over time, and they certainly change a little bit by industry. But I certainly, I think one that we all share, and I'll just briefly mention that one, it is regulation. And that, that is something that changes very quickly. It can impact us in a very swift and significant way. So we always uh, you have to be in tune with, with what's coming in terms of regulatory types of things. However, I would say that um, that's just something we all kind of get accustomed to as CIOs. Um, I, I think that the, the bigger thing and the thing that perhaps is um, more keeping me awake at night, so to speak, is 
just the technology itself and the rate of change in technology. So for example, um, we have these new technologies, uh, like we've always had them, but now they're just more impactful. I'll just pick on driverless cars and autonomous vehicles. And you start looking at something like that and you step back from it, you start to realize, my gosh, not only does that revolutionize our, our work that we do, in, in your case in the government setting, or in our previous jobs in healthcare, as far as how people get to and from our healthcare facilities, it changes our personal lives, it changes our economy, and when I think about it just from a higher educational standpoint, I mean, we offer things like commercial driver's license uh, training, which is a very popular program. We employ, we generate a lot of employment around something like that. It's a real viable job for a, a fairly significant segment of the population. We start, start to think that, you know, autonomous vehicles in all shapes and sizes will be the norm in two, three, four years. You need to really be thinking ahead is what can we do as a college and in the education space in general to prepare students for that kind of transition. And while I don't have the answers for that right now, I do spend quite a bit of time thinking about it. And so I'll just kind of stop there, but you can expand that easily to other technologies, obviously, that, uh, that are coming down the pike that could really impact our business processes. Absolutely, Tom. That's just one of the many examples that are disruptive technologies out there that are changing our lives today, and, and I can only imagine what it'll be like in 10 years. But uh, I'm glad you're forward-thinking and, and looking at those as you look ahead. Another question for you, Tom. How is technology revolutionizing the current work environment where you're at at the college? Um, this is probably the most exciting space, honestly. Um, I think those of us that have been doing this a long time, we, uh, we're always looking for something that's uh, uh, exciting, you know, something that's not just a new shiny penny in technology, but something that's exciting technologically, but also produces a value and outcome and improvement to one's life. And I think uh, in our space, being able to use big data uh, and analytics to assist with uh, helping our students before, during, and after their time here at our, at our college. So um, in a concrete way, uh, a few examples of this would be we've put in place a new analytics platform in our marketing and communications in, uh, department and how they interact with prospective students. The data that we um, are able to glean from our interactions there to make their um, the process of enrollment or even just learning about the school as easy as possible. Uh, let's say that that student then arrives on our campus and is ready to go, and whether it's a continuing education process to continue one's career or whether it's a new student coming in from high school, we then uh, have some systems that we're installing now that will help us to provide data about that student back to the student so that we can assist them. And um, as they go through our system and start to use our resources, say like a science resource center or a math or reading resource center, or for that matter, our international students using language resource centers, we can start to understand the student's needs and customize interactive models so that we can text, email, provide information to, say, a counselor at the right time in the right place for the right reason. And we call that uh, informed choice so that we give our students 
and faculty and counselors the ability to have the right data to help with those informed choices that frankly impact not just their time here, but their future as they graduate and take on jobs. And lastly, you know, we also have in place systems that will allow us to help track our students after graduation so that we can analyze the outcomes and their success factors after they're gone so that we can hopefully learn from that and apply some of those lessons towards students that are here today. Very good, Tom. I'd like to add just to that. I've been doing a lot of reading, and we're doing a lot of that big data and analytical work here as well. And I can tell you that that's one of the big topics, as you know, in the last couple of years, grabbing whether it's structured or unstructured data. Big data is, is the key now to making those decisions around whatever industry you're in. All I can say is that there's a lot of focus on that right now. Yeah, it's, it's been, it actually ties back to, you know, the patient journey. Again, some similarities between higher ed with a student and back to the patient journey in healthcare. Thanks, Tom. And one last question for you, Tom. In your opinion, how is the role of IT and CIOs changing? This is an interesting one because I, I have reflected on this over the years a lot and had a lot of conversations with folks. Um, you know, when I uh, guess the biggest change that I can see is that we are moving from a time where the CIO was expected to not uh, to, uh, basically obviously do their job well as a, as a techni- technology professional, but also understand all the other disciplines like the financial discipline, budgeting, in my case, you know, the academic side or my former career healthcare and understand the processes that we're applying our technology to. That we're expected to really be an executive in technology and, and an executive in all the other places in the organization so we can understand it. But we've, we've now gone far beyond that and we are now expected to have a much better understanding of the knowledge that we value so much called data and to your point earlier understanding how to protect how to store how to efficiently access that data has become a a huge expectation of CIOs and with that and inextricably interwoven into that is security so we really have to ratchet up our knowledge and ability to manage good security practices, good people, retain good people, and make sure that that data is is not just secure, but readily accessible to those who need it. And I think that's just taking the expectation up to another level as a CIO. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. And that was a very insightful response there from you. I appreciate the experience that you can provide in in this particular podcast. Our audience is sure going to love to listen to this one. Tom, I just want to thank you personally for being able to attend this call. I know you're very busy at the moment, but it was a pleasure having you on today. I look forward to speaking with you soon, Tom. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate your time as well. Thanks again, Tom. Tom.